If you can stop talking for 10 seconds, that would be fantastic. You want to hit the start timer on there? You want to hit... You want to start podcasting, genius? feel bad for me though even though i am an unwed mother of two dogs (laughs) one of them uh one of them has a drug problem yeah the other one is a chronic masturbator (laughs) also true and you know that it's a brats with a z doll because it has weird colorful hair yeah she knows (laughs) It's racially ambiguous. Right? And there's like a good, there's like a 60% chance that it's got a lower back tattoo. Right? But then when you check the box, it's like, oh, 100% chance of mental illness. Cool, 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 cool. Hello, and welcome to Carnival Personnel Sideshow. I'm Jacques. I'm Joe. And uh, we have another comedian who I've got to know over like the last few months um, doing shows and just going to other shows. Uh, so everybody, let's just jump into it. And, and right uh, right off the bat, welcome uh, Jenny Howe and, um, Howell into uh, Sideshow. How are you, Jenny? I'm so great. How are you guys doing today? Yeah. <laughs> and, 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 and Joe speak that's fantastic yeah like, right. that's an 11 for me this, a lukewarm is 11 yeah Great. pretty much if the car isn't parked in the garage letting the engine perm to sleep it's you know anything above that is just this is this is this is what we get um so I uh I, we, I met you a few weeks ago when we were both on Greg Bogus's Mondo comedy show over at the Luna. Um, yeah. And that, that was, that was, um, that was an interesting show, you know, but we'll, you know, we'll, we'll get into that in a bit. Uh, but right off the bat, one of the first questions I asked is, um, how did you fall into this awful world of stand up comedy? <laughs> <laughs> well, um, it's uh it's something that I've been excited about for a really long time, like as long as I can remember, but I I never really had the guts to do it. Um my current career, my current day job is that um I teach yoga and meditation, but just prior to that career, I worked in entertainment production um for close to 15 years and um I produced uh the technical production for a lot of different tours including some amazing artists like Chris Rock and Robin Williams and so I had always had the experience of being you know kind of behind the scenes backstage uh working on technical stuff you know loading tractor trailers the really glamorous stuff associated with entertainment and um Uh, Yeah, I kind of tried to break up with entertainment a few times and the last one kind of stuck and I have been teaching yoga and meditation for about uh, 12 years now 
And um, I, with like the practices of yoga and meditation, I, every year I try and do something that's uh, feels a little bit scary. And uh, I was actually going to do, I was going to try stand up uh, at the beginning of 2020. I had started to prepare for that, you know, mentally, because I feel like it takes people a while before they actually kind of like jump in to this, at least in the people that I've spoken to. And um, that didn't happen because of COVID. And I kind of shelved that for a while. And then at the beginning of 2021, sorry, 2020, I know the beginning of 2022, um, I finally like went back and, and started researching of how to get involved in my plan was I'm just going to go and bomb in places that no one will recognize me. And so it's funny that you talk about the Luna Theater because I own a business in that building. So <laughs> people could recognize me very easily. And I did really poorly at that gig. So <laughs> you should have gone the unknown comic route with just a bag over your head at first. Do you, do you know what the unknown comic is? I'm well, sorry. I made him. I might be. I made an old reference. Oh. Oh, there was a guy in the 70s no. who who would, you know, go on shows like the gong show and truly just a paper bag on his head with the eyes cut out. And he was the unknown comic guy ends up doing tours like big tours a big comic through like the, the 70s and the early 80s. Just the unknown comic. I mean, the merch on this guy's, you know, list was just incredible. <laughs> yeah, they sell masks that they give you his free mask at Market Basket every time you go shopping. <laughs> Uh, wow so has anybody has anybody like has there been any like deep dives as to the identity of the masked yeah i think he un I, I think he unveiled himself like in the 80s or 90s when people stopped caring oh. after the <laughs> show was canceled uh so 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 a lot of people end up falling into this because they don't have health insurance and can't you know get therapy or can't afford the copay so they're like oh i can't afford therapy i'm gonna go do open mic but back up you you worked in production on like comedy tours for like yeah. absolute giants of giants yeah yeah i mean um yeah i i was still working in entertainment when i helped um the production for robin williams uh weapons of mass destruction tour and the mm. the first actual like it's just so cool seeing chris rock special come out because the first time I ever focused lights on a stage was at uh for like a national act was at the Orpheum in Boston and it was for Chris Rock and he was so lovely to work with and I couldn't believe how cool he was and just like I don't know he was so great to work with and just lovely and I was like okay like I feel like I can do this you know so he was part of like me starting in music and production so when you were touring yeah. with the comics back then and back in the day, were you, did you have any idea that maybe you wanted to do stand-up comedy at that point? Or is it was something that just sort of like kind of came up more recently? Um, well, to be like super accurate and clear, I, um, when we worked on the Robin Williams tour, I wasn't touring with uh, my team, but we had done the design and, uh, had organized all of uh, the technical production for the tour. So I had guys out on the road and I was more locally based. Um, I just thought it was like very scary because almost every other art, 
you know, you've, you're either performing with other people and there's other stuff happening or like, you know, you can hide behind like a bass beat or you can hide behind a drum set or a guitar, you know, where with the comedy, it's, uh, it's your own mind and it's you saying it and that's terrifying. <laughs> so I, I never imagined that I'd have the guts to do it. And then when I started doing it, I'm sure you guys know, it's like, it's like a weird kind of drug where it's like, it's awful. And then you get like a little bit of laughs and it's like, oh, I need that drug. <laughs> I need that. <laughs> Just the thought so. of, you know, walking into a room and having anybody applaud that you're there, <laughs> even, if it's a, even if it's a shot of courtesy is like, whoa, wait a second. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, I'll just, I'll be quite frank. You know, people don't find yoga and meditation or comedy because they're doing great. Like, you don't, <laughs> you don't find these things because you're like whole and good and you just want to like get even more good. Like, you know, people are like, hi, my self-esteem is shit. Please help me. <laughs> applaud me. Yeah. yeah. I haven't got to the applaud me part yet. Uh, so when you started, it's like you said, it is awful beyond all all it, there's no reason to do it there's no upside it's the worst of the worst with the worst people uh or, or that's what it can be and and i don't know you know how long ago did you start and where did you start going at first when you when you said okay i'm gonna go where somebody's not gonna recognize me and i'm gonna do my five minutes and drive out of there as quickly as possible before you know yeah well when you, where when did I... you start yeah. Well, so I had mentally started really preparing like in 2021. So I haven't been doing it that long. Um, and I really, uh, I just started trying to find listings for open mics. Uh, and I didn't really understand where the, to find them exactly. And I kept chickening out when I would find these open mics, I would just like not go. So I have like all these like weird saved screenshots from like, you know, just weird. Like, I don't know. I ended up on Reddit looking for open mics and it was like terrible. I don't know. I just didn't know where to look. And, um, I then, uh, reached out to a woman, um, that we, in my previous career that we had booked for some like corporate events. And, um, she, she was like, you should take a class. She's like, just so that you don't eat shit too hard. Wait, can I swear on this? Yeah. <laughs> You're the okay. first one ever. All right, okay. Yeah, you're the first person on <laughs> our podcast to oh, swear. Really? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're on um, PBS, actually, well, <laughs> like right between Sesame Street and Blue's Clues. I think we're, that's where our time slot is. Oh, that's our sweet spot. So, are we helping or hurting? Um, so yeah, so her name is Kelly McFarland. I don't know if you guys know her. Uh, she's incredibly funny. And uh, she had just like, I'm, I'm jumping all over the timeline here. ADHD is a blessing and a curse. Um, so she so she was a comic that we had like booked several times for different corporate clients. And I reached back out to her at the beginning of 2022. And I was like, oh, I'm going to do this. And she's like, you need to take a class. So that way you just don't eat so much shit. And then um, I, a friend of hers is uh, this guy, Mike Katrobis. And so I didn't know him at all. I just signed up for this class totally blind. And I was terrible. 
<laughs> if you ever interview Mike, he can confirm. He was like, okay, like, and like, are you going to dress like the way that you're dressing? And I'm like, I don't know. And he's like, you know that you have a different kind of look. And I'm like, no, you know, I've been hanging out with like <laughs> roadies and yogis. So <laughs> I, I had no idea. Um, but so I took a, I think it was like three week class, maybe three or four week class with him. Um, and we did a performance at the end of the class and, uh, it was just, it was, that was it from there. And then like a couple weeks later, I was like, well, I invested all this time and I invested a lot of stress preparing for this and trying to figure out if I'm funny at all. I need to give it like a real go. And so then I just started hitting all the open mics as hard as I possibly could. So I was doing like four or five mics a week uh, and terrible. Uh, but then every time that I got up, I was getting just a little bit better and I was writing a lot. And uh, so I think that that kind of expedited things because I really jumped in and I threw myself at it hard and I started going to a lot more comedy shows I spent a lot of money <laughs> mm -hmm. um but yeah and I just you know I met some incredible people that were kind enough including Mike and people like uh Steve Bjork fantastic guy uh you know they've been so helpful in mentoring me and just giving me feedback and I you know, I try and implement it right away instead of, you know, saying, ah, oh, no, you don't know what you're talking about, but. Yeah, Jacques, you and her are kind of on the same track. Like you book, you know, like the, shows. this guy. Oh, hey, look at that. Steve. Bjork. Yes. What? He's got a business card yeah. down. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, he, he, I, I, you know, I talked to him. I, I've, I've talked with him several times. I actually got his book a few years ago. Uh, one of my favorite, like New England comics, my sister gave me the heads up on him before we moved back to the area. Uh, I, I lived overseas a few years ago with my family, and when we moved back, my sister's, you know, big into comedy, and she, at some like Knights of Columbus fundraiser saw him and says, you have to see this guy next time he comes in town. And we've been trying to like, he's been super great. Like trying to schedule. We usually do this on the weekends and you know what? He's usually busy on the weekends. So it's hard to lock him down, yeah. but super, super, super nice guy. And just the kind of comics that I like crazy smart, like absolutely. His comedy is just super, super smart. You know, um, I'm sorry, Joe, you were saying, no, I was just saying that, uh, as uh, Jen's telling about her background and, and, and kind of get her getting her feet wet in comedy. It's almost it's kind of like what you're going through right now. I mean, but also the same thing, like you, your background, you know, as far as your day job, was before you know COVID ruined the world was booking entertainment shows and working on entertainment and tours and stuff like that um and getting you know that part of the entertainment industry exposure but then also now like you're diving into the stand-up comedy and going to like four or five shows a week uh doing open mics spending a lot of the time on the road listening to a lot of podcasts talking to a lot of joe on the phone um yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Joe, joe well joe is my sounding board do you have a sounding board do you do you work with anybody what is your process of of like before you beta tested at a mic do you bounce it off one person or a couple people when you're working out material uh what's kind of your process of like taking it from your head to the paper to 
a mic? Yeah, uh, that's a great question. Um, well, yeah, I mean, you know, in addition to Mike and Steve, uh, you know, Dave Radigan has been a, a really lovely person and helping me with, you know, concepts. And um, there's a bunch of really great comics that I've met. And so I can work through some material with them, but I'm I'm kind of weird because I, I feel very unqualified. Um, <laughs> I probably shouldn't say that because there's been some amazing bookers that have, you know, Greg included, that have just been like, yeah, I'll give you a shot. Um, and so I feel a little embarrassed uh, bringing some of my ideas to, you know, a, a single sort of sounding board. Um, and so I, I've always used comedy when I teach yoga. I'm not like a laughter yoga teacher, uh, but uh, when I'm teaching, I think that humor is like a really powerful medicine. And I've always thought that, especially with yoga. And I do, I've, I've always kind of been against like the idea that uh, yoga needs to be like super serious and everybody needs to like, you know, be wearing like white Lululemon pants. And, you know, like, I just, I think that's kind of gross. And so um, I'll I prefer really black try and... Lululemon pants myself. So. <laughs> they're, they're more I mean, slimming. Myself... They're more slimming. I'm going to give Oh man, I'm going to get in so much trouble. I was actually an ambassador for them, which is hilarious now because oh. I just, I have so many jokes. Yeah. Anyways, but, um, so, so yeah, so I will sometimes if the content is appropriate, um, it feels like a right moment. I'll like throw in jokes while I'm teaching and see how it goes. No, I mean, it's like I yeah. said, I I'm lucky that I, I have Joe, uh, you know, I, I generally, will come up with an idea and I will run it through and work it out with Joe weeks, maybe months before I even tell my wife, <laughs> like, like, you know, it's, it, 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 it's, you know, cause of it's sensibility, but it's true. You and I have a similar background. I, I come from the production world, you know, you know, sold a bunch of TV shows, did, uh, did some movies, um, you know, before I moved back here, I still have to go to LA, uh, you know, a few times a year. But I do military tours. Well, like you were saying, some of the entertainment stuff I booked. It, it was a glorified hobby and the, just the probably greatest hobby I had for uh, about four or five years booking famous like national anthem singers, like celebrity people to do national anthems at like NFL, you know, playoff games or like bands like Cheap Trick, like doing halftime shows um, also for NASCAR and stuff like that. And then I started doing goodwill tours for the USO and Armed Forces Entertainment. And just before the pandemic, same thing. They're like, hey, we need to kind of have a broader range. So when we do these basketball tours with WNBA, we want to do audience warm up and more like, you know, MC, more hosting. So I got thrust into the role of being like a Bob Hope type thing. And that kind of because joe and i you know went out and did stand up in la in like the mid 90s and then haven't done it since then and then i was thrusted back into it just before the pandemic so that's how i fell into it and then coming out of the pandemic when i started going to open mics i'd be really curious to find out how awful some of the experiences you had based on the fact based on the fact that i couldn't find any open mic places and, you know, my wife saw a show at Ralph's in Worcester and there was a flyer there. And this is September. So I started going out there. Then I found a couple other open mics there. Then I found out this one right down the street at the safe on Tuesday. 
but the ones in Worcester for the first three, four months, I was primarily going out there once or twice a week. 95% male, uh, mostly mid-20s to early 30s, absolutely disgusting, punching down, uh, homophobic, misogynistic. Uh, at least racially diverse, right? Oh, well, there was. There, there were some white guys, and then there were some really white guys. Uh, uh, and it was, and there was white one, guys with sunburns. There, 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 there was white guys with beards and hats. Some. By the, just, by the way, you're on a podcast with two white guys. <laughs> like, you, you we know. can't escape this. Uh, <laughs> you no, know, and it, it, it's it's and there was one podcast. One podcast. There was one open mic. I didn't love to go to, but there was one at like seven and then one at like eight thirty across town. So as you know, it'd be great if you could hit two in one night, especially with an hour each drive. I just had to stop going a couple months ago because I just couldn't take the misogyny. And and there's <laughs> no, seriously, there was one yeah. there was one there was one open mic where Let's say I went 10 times over the course of like three months. I saw two or three women go up and the guy who ran it would jokingly say, well, we're not going to see her again. Nobody has come back a second time. No woman. And it's like, like it was a badge of honor. And then Mm. one time he had this whole, he had two, one really awful punching down on down syndrome, uh, kids, um, which, 2023 i'm sure that will work in other rooms other than that shithole little bar in an industrial part of (laughs) of worcester but he had this five minute routine that all built to the arc of uh women who are 50 shouldn't color their hair because if your body doesn't make eggs anymore your head shouldn't look like an easter one and got a huge laugh from the six or seven proud boys in the room and it's like I'm not one of these social justice warriors where I'm going to get up and, and like fight for the honor of women who aren't in the room. It's not going to make a difference. It's not going to change his his mindset. That said, you know, I have a wife who's 50 who's one week her hair is purple and the next week it's silver. And the week after that, it's it's red and black. And she last year saved for two years and went to nine cities, four countries to see Duran Duran play 12 shows. I don't know a cooler person. And I'm thinking, so cool. (laughs) yeah, and I'm thinking, you know, I'm thinking, dude. Like, and, and my, my, my wife has a few, like, you know, single mom friends who are just the best, the best women I know, just wonderful. And I'm like, oh my God, like these guys get up and complain. They can't find anybody to go out with. It's like, yes, because you're disgusting. Like, you know, <laughs> there's some great women out there, but you are this disgusting troll who thinks that's funny. And to I, be I, fair, you did go on incel night. Yeah, so, no, I know. did. I, I, I did. Look, it was a, fu- it was, a, it was a fundraiser for the Proud Boys who got arrested January sixth. <laughs> I should have known that going in that what I was going to deal right. with. There but was it, a Kyle Rittenhouse tip jar at the front. <laughs> did you? Were you not tipped off? But, but I see you, and 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 you know, um, and I want to get to the show I saw you at last night, and I do. It's like, I'm like, how, how. How first of all, how do these guys think outside of this room? And then you know you follow them on Instagram, and each one has a different big show in Worcester every month where they're putting out a YouTube special about just the awfulest stuff. I'm like thinking, why are you doing this? You guys aren't going anywhere. But then you know I find other open mics, and it's and somebody gave me the heads up going out. It's like where you and I are, live in Lowell, uh, um, uh, Jenny and. 
we are we are 45 minutes from everywhere. We can go to Boston to do open mics. We can go to Worcester to do open mics. Rhode Island, you know, Providence, and Manchester. And there's open mics everywhere. But the more I found, it's like, yeah, you should just go to the Boston open mics because it tends. To, there's a couple in Worcester, uh, uh, Manchester that are okay. But I think the further you get away from a big city like Boston, the more awfulness you get and so how has your experience as a woman going to these awful mics been i mean were they, were they as bad as i can imagine they're all awful by the way we just want to put it out there yeah oh. yeah i i yeah it's they're all awful and i'll just say this that i i think it was absolutely necessary like i mean i don't think that they necessarily have to be as awful as they are but i feel as though you know, there's a certain amount of sweat and tears that are required. I don't know about blood. I mean, although there was a few times that I almost got into fights. So I'll tell you about that. But please, I, hey, uh, please do. I'm, I'm yeah. waiting that down so we don't skip that. <laughs> fights. I'm putting that on my back. Uh, we will circle back. Um, yeah. So I have had some pretty intense experiences for sure. Um, in the beginning, you know, I was really nervous about going to open mics by myself, but I also know that, um, you know, given my experience when I worked in rock and roll, I, some of these things, you just have to figure out how to get the guts to do it by yourself. And plus like your like comedy friends are just going to get sick of like going to open mics with you and you exhaust your friends that want to, maybe come and support you you would bring them you drag your real like non-comedy friends to too many open mics and they're very quickly unavailable to go to your shows because they're like oh my god is it always like a shitty open mic um but yeah i you know your story about worcester uh is sort of surprising to me only because i've only had okay experiences in worcester um so i wasn't going to that open mic although I've had very similar experiences. I think it's pretty common to, uh, if you present female, that you are a weirdo in the room, for sure. Uh, you are of the minority. And if you're not um, the whitest of the white or sunburnt white, then you are even further a minority in the New England open mics, for sure. Um, one of the fights I actually almost got into was at a Boston mic. So. Oh, interesting. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, uh, I, I feel like I, you know, I guess when you look back on like different experiences in your life and, and it sounds like Jacques, like this is like what you're realizing with like your past experiences too, is like everything kind of prepares you for what's coming next. And as I started going to more of these mics, it reminded me of being like a roadie very early on and like being a female and rock and roll, like nobody thinks that you're going to be strong enough to flip like a motor case up into a tractor trailer or that you would understand how to back up a truck. This was before there were cameras on the backs of all the trucks, things like that. So, um, <laughs> it, uh, I feel like that experience was really beneficial in, preparing me for like kind of having a, a thick skin for the most part. But, you know, I think all comedians are sensitive people, whether or not they'll admit it. I think that's why, you know, if you're a good writer, you're paying attention and you're observing the way people react because you will, you know, just be interested in that. And um, 
So I actually went to uh, Jacques Cabaret. I'm gonna, <laughs> gonna get yeah. in trouble for this. And that's like a like famous like mic. And uh, I'd only been at it a few months and some of my like local comic friends that have been doing it way longer than me drove down from Maine and New Hampshire to meet me there. Cause I was like, I'm, I'm nervous about doing this mic and we were gonna try and hit multiple mics that night. And um, every mic kind of has its own culture too. And so yes, if you yes. aren't a regular, yeah. So if you aren't a regular, you don't know what the unwritten rules of that mic are, you can run a chance of pissing a whole group of people off. And um, my understanding of the culture at that time was like, if you go to a mic, you should try and support the venue because there's a bartender somewhere nearby that's listening to 30 shitty comics or 30 comics or 25 comics that are shit and five that are good work out their shit. And right, so like, right. you need, yeah, like you need to tip those guys. You need to buy food there. Like don't run away. So anyways, so I went to Jacques. I didn't know at Jacques that you weren't supposed to write other people's names down, but finding parking there is a nightmare. We were like, running late, which was two hours early to this mic because it's got a reputation. Hmm. And so I wrote my name down and their names down. And I stayed there the whole time. And I watched other comics come in and write their names down and take off and write their names down and take off. And I'm sitting next to the list and these other comics start talking shit about me. And I'm like, I'm like, this is so bizarre. Like, why are people being mean? So I, I, once there's confrontation, like I want to try and solve it, you know, and I'm, I want to be kind to people, but it just got so ugly that I was like, oh my God, this is actually happening right now. And I like 15 of these comics were so upset that I signed up two other people that were parking their car. And I was like, does anybody want to like explain to me what I did wrong? Uh, or do we just, we just want to be crappy so it became this theme of the night uh and the hosts were talking trash about how somebody broke the rules mind you nobody ever explained the rules to me so when i got up on stage my whole five minutes was talking about experience and then afterwards like four comics came up to me and were, were like oh my god that's i'm so sorry you got picked on I'm like you were some of the people talking trash about me <laughs> and one of them was like yeah i signed up like five other people and i was like okay, then why did I get in trouble? And they're like, because you didn't try to hide your unvirtuous behavior. And I was like, oh my God, this is like not worth the drive and the parking. Right, and, and that's an hour, that's an hour drive from Lowell. It's parking in Boston on a Sunday night, which, you know, right. I mean, that's one of the reasons I go. I was going out to Worcester because Worcester's free parking in Boston. It's like, I don't want to pay 20 bucks for parking. No, it's it's really funny, and it's and then if you go to you, you go to Jacques in Boston, and then you either run over to do uh, oh the one in Watertown, Donahue's in yeah. Midway. If you time it, you can hit Jacques Donahue's in the Midway Cafe. Donahue Midway. And what's and what's hysterical is you will have a joke that will kill at one of the three and die at the other two, you know what I mean? Or work it to, but, yeah. but like you said, the subculture at each of those mics completely different. And there might be a third of the same people at each of these mics, but you're right. Because there are some, when I first would do an open mic and I'm one of these 
you know, I, I have a production background. I'm a producer, so I get there early and yell at everybody for showing up late. You know, I'm a, if you're not there early, you're late kind of guy. So the list goes out at 6.30. I'm sitting there by 6. And, and I remember one of the open mics, a guy comes in, he puts a list down, the guy who ran it, and he wrote names for spots 5 through 10. And I'm like, dude, um... At, at this point, I didn't want to go up too early. I want to see what the vibe of the room is. But now I'm obligated to sit here for, you know, 10 people times six minutes. Just be, you know, why am I? And, and, and I, but, but from room to room, you find out these unwritten rules here. Or if you're friends with the person who runs a mic, you can't do it because they don't know you. So you're a nobody piece of shit. But if your friend comes in and does the exact same thing, oh, that's totally cool. And, uh, I was talking to Joe, and I, and I have another really good friend who lives in Austin who I kind of call when I need to be talked in off the ledge. And and Joe, Joe, Joe knows me, and this guy knows me at the tail end of my different life when, when I solve problems a different way. Um, I, I, I was a minor league hockey goon, and I, do, I did MMA before they called it MMA. And I used to like to start bar fights and stuff like that. I don't want to do that anymore. I'm 15 trying to be a comic. But a few weeks ago, there was somebody who just couldn't stop with the homophobia. Because I, I, I generally, I very often wear a Hello Kitty t-shirt. Uh, just couldn't stop. And it's like, and I said, hey, that's great. Why don't we, you know, when you get off stage, we'll continue this talk outside in the alley. And a lot of people were like, ooh. And then, over the, and then I felt bad. I'm like, what are you doing? And then over the next few weeks, different people came up to me. And it's like, oh, yeah, he got into a fight with this guy here a few months ago. And, then, and it turns out like, you know, I'm like, okay. So, you know, so I've almost gotten fights, but I don't want to do that. But, yeah, you, you find that there's some places that, get, you know, take things so serious. Uh, but I was telling Joe the other day, the Instagram post, Jenny, that I put out the other day that I got the most response for ever ever i just simply put out a post that said if you sign up for an open mic and hang outside to you it's your turn to go on and then you hand the mic back to the host as you make your way for the exit you're a douchebag and <laughs> no it's plain and simple and i said and you know don't be a cheap bastard buy spend something at these venues, whether you get a water, if you don't drink a beer, order some chips, do something. Because like you said, there's a there's a poor fucking bartender who has to sit there for three hours. And in that three hours might, like you said, see four good comics who aren't bringing their A stuff because they're at this open mic working out their new shit. But I got so much a response, you know, and there were some people who liked it. I'm like, dude, I'm talking about you. Like, you know, I've seen you walk into the safe, sign up and stand outside for an hour smoking. The guy yeah. comes and gets you before you go on and then you either leave or you go back outside. It's like, well, that's why he liked the post, because he felt seen. Yeah, yeah hey, exactly. man. at least pretend to be supportive. So that, that's my thing. Look, I, I I would like to go out more, but I'm married. I got two kids. I actually like spending time with them. I go to all my kids activities. So sometimes, uh, you know, uh, but if I go to a mic and I'm fifth, I'm going to watch at least four or five people after me. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to watch three of, if I go on first, I'll stay for six, seven people. If I go on third, but whatever it is, I make a real effort to watch four or five people on either side of me doing my shitty stuff. Um, and it'd be nice if other people kind of 
you know, did that. But, it, you know, it's awful, which is why I always ask, why do you do this? Like, like it's, you know, book shows are so much different. Now, oh, sometimes they're different. I want to talk about last night's show. I saw, uh, um, I saw you last night at a place called Concept 6 in Lowell. It is the old... Uh, Uncharted, which is a place my band used to play, you know, a few years back. And then, uh, but it had the same kind of vibe where it's art, where it's half art gallery. Now it's a half. And I did an open mic there a couple weeks ago and it was okay, but it was so loud. Like, and so there's this great show last night. It was a female only thing. Um, Katie Coughlin, who I see on a regular basis at the safe is one of the funniest people I get to see on Tuesdays. Like if I see 20 comics on Tuesdays, she is one of the funniest. Uh, She had a routine, you know, a few weeks ago about an incident at a Barnes and Noble. I I don't know if you caught it last night that every time I will drive past a Barnes and Noble the rest of my life, I I, I will think of Katie's routine. Uh, There's another comedian who went up last night, uh, I think just before you, Extina, and she is a regular over at the safe. Um, and, and 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 they're really great. But last night, packed, which is fantastic. Female only show, absolutely packed. But by the time you got up there, it was absolutely packed. But you could barely hear you. Like you could barely hear you. And you, kudos to you, because you made two huge efforts to politely say, shut the fuck up. Uh, she, she, Joe, she did this thing where there was one, uh, there was one girl who you could hear over the din of the entire club and you, and you, Jenny, you basically, you had everybody be quiet to see how long it took her to realize she's at the, the other side of the club at the bar. And Jenny was there got, a second microphone, by the way, like hooked up? <laughs> funny, funny you ask. No, no. She was drowning out Jenny from the stage and she had no mic. But you got everybody to be quiet. And she kept talking. And then even as everybody kind of turns to her, you know, <laughs> it was like, oh, am I being rude? So anyways, like I was saying... <laughs> You know, and, and you you made two attempts because I, I stood right in the middle. You know, uh, there, it was great. There was a bunch of there was a bunch of friends that I see, you know, and, and the Lowell group. Um, and I see I've I've seen it. You Lowell shows that I've seen around. It was nice that, that all these all these people who, you know, came out to support Katie christina and you and the other the other people we're actively trying to listen but what how tough was that from the stage for you um well i mean (laughs) we're production nerds so i I just want to preface this with saying that like i think katie pulled together like a great crowd i love that venue you know Lowell is a city, but it's also very much like a village suburb of Boston. And the funny small world kind of experience is that like Katie's mom, I think she introed me this way last last night too, which was really funny. Katie's mom was my physical therapist when I got into a really nasty car accident like 10 years ago. That is how she introed you, yes. Yeah, which is wild, you know, and I I know her from comedy, but it was funny because the first time we saw each other at comedy, she was like, Jen? And I'm like, yeah, what's up? She's like, 
I've been to your yoga class and you're funny in yoga class. So, but mm -hmm. it's just, it's funny, small world. But, um, you know, I, I think that the venue's fantastic. And I think Katie did a really great job putting that show together. But I think there was a few elements that were working against us last night. You know, I think when you've got color changing lights on a and the person's backlit on stage, it makes people not want to pay attention to what's happening on the stage. Right. No, if so. you were if you were a jazz flutist, that was the perfect lighting for that venue. Uh, it it right. look it made for some great Instagram photos. I saw the way the the the, the shadow on the wall, but but yeah, it, it didn't it didn't have the spotlight. Hey, the funny's over here, kind of vibe. Right. Yeah, it's almost like you're kind of the background elevator music for the rest of the bar. It's just like <laughs> it's it's yeah. weird when they don't. When you when you're inviting people to perform in front of the audience, but the focus isn't on the performer. It's like no, no, no. We're we, we, the, the the focus is on the atmosphere and the hang, and you know, let people talk to each other while this other person with the microphone is struggling to get their you know, their their words across the crowd. You, you know, ha totally having ha having having um, and and then to make the announcement. Oh, the kitchen's open. They're going to start serving food now. People are giving food orders, and and there's no divider. It's one. It's just this one big group, and it's great for certain things. Uh, when I went there a few weeks ago to do an open mic, I think. I didn't call Guinness Book of World's Record, but I think I went up to do an open mic the night that Concept 6 broke the record for most 30-plus-year-old white rappers, um, uh, which, which <laughs> am I wrong, or does Lowell, is Lowell the epicenter of 30-plus-year-old of guys who, like, yeah, I still got a few years to get into the rap game, yo. <laughs> It's like, uh, and some of them have segued into spoken word, and some of them have segued into comedy. But that night, that night, it was a lot of uh, a lot of Eminem light. It's know? like, yeah, it's like the Asylum oh. Pictures version of Eight Mile. You know, <laughs> <laughs> Asylum Picture. We got we got the low the low budget filming happening in yeah, Lowell. pretty oh, much deep in the canals. Yeah, the Sharknado <laughs> of. Uh, <laughs> and it's funny comedy. because you know. And, and, and I'm, I'm so glad I'm talking to you because you were also on the bill. I, since Greg has come back with Mondo Comedy, I think Joe's missed one show. And, and I think I, I, Joe might have missed a couple. I've, I missed one because I was traveling. But those are usually great. And um, Greg, who is just a sweetheart. Like, like Greg Bogus is way too nice to be in comedy. You know, he's a sweetheart. Uh, he, you know, um, he called me in like December and he's like, Hey, are you coming tonight? I'm like, I'm actually, you know, I'm going to go do two open mics. He goes, no, nah, just come here and do it. And that was December. I'm like, okay, great. I went up. Um, I messed up and did well enough where Greg's like, Hey, why don't you come back and do 10, 12 minutes in a couple months. And that's the night that you and I were on the same bill. And, you know, Joe was there, and and it's funny because I was saying, like, the whole ride home and the next day, it's like, you know what? Uh, bad comics blame a bad crowd. But that night, wow. Like, your stuff, was, there's a kid named Nick, Nick Han, who I see on a regular basis, who I think you've done other book shows with I've seen. Just a really, really funny guy. It's interesting because, you know, um, you did you you really really like trudged ahead on a night that it was uh, 
people were seeing how hard they could work to not laugh. <laughs> you know? And by the way, Jacques, I will blame the comic on this one because yeah. you brought half that crowd. Yeah, I mean, no, it's true. <laughs> it, it, it's true. I don't like, you know, I don't let any of my friends go to anything. Like my wife has only seen me do it twice. And, 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 and the, you know, the seven months, you know, hundred times I've gone out just because I can't, it's just too awful. <laughs> like I just would not subject my friends to any of that except Joe. I, I make Joe go to things, but you know, are we really friends? Um, but yeah, I mean, how do you deal when you go, when you're going out there and you're just getting wet paint or a loud crowd? Like, you know, what's going through your mind that keeps you focused and to just keep trudging ahead? Yeah. Um, well, I definitely agree with you. Um, I, I guess I, you know, I felt like I did poorly that night. Poor Greg. Like, I'm like, Greg, I got to send you like video of me crushing at other locations because I feel cursed in that room. Uh, I think it's maybe because I saw that theater get built. So I, uh, I don't know, maybe I'm too comfortable there. I don't know what it is. It's like cursed for me, but, um, I think you, I think you have something. I, uh, you're, yeah. you're right on the, the venue because, and people of comics have commented on it, that the seats are way too comfortable for a comedy vibe because you you sit down there are these big cushy like theater like you know uh, the movie theaters type seats and i mean they uh, do they recline because they feel like they, they recline. feel like they recline no and, well no. And, and so you know um i've become friends with the guy jim who owns the mill over the last few years like i have sat with him i do a lot of consulting you know i help a lot of businesses turn corners and and figure out things and how to connect the dots sometimes and I've worked with him I, I have sat with him and written complete business proposals for him a few times and like dude why don't you do x y and c or why don't you think about this and he he has that gorgeous space right upstairs right next to your studio and last year uh last year my my two sons they're they're in middle school are in this amazing program called afternoon in the arts where they ship all the kids from the different um, junior highs to the high school twice a week. And it's free theater. It's free dance. It's free. Like uh, they have access to a kiln. Uh, they have orchestra. And I said, let's do a fundraiser. So Joe and I, as you can see Joe's background, we're video game nerds reached out to a, a company called boom, boom games to do a pop-up store. And they brought, I think they brought like 20, 25 different video game systems. The room is is done upstairs. It's it's one of the first things that we did that Jim did up there. They brought Joe and I brought a, a good half dozen of our own like first generation Atari, Nintendo. We had all and set up all these chairs and so the drama kids put on scenes from a couple plays and the the theater uh, the the orchestra played, the dance kids played this pop-up store they showed up the day before when people showed up jenny they thought that they had rented the space that they that this is a full-time store you would not have in a million years thought that this was a pop-up and we had about 250 300 people come in that gorgeous space upstairs jim calls me three hours before and says oh um we're not we don't have anybody to open the kitchen tonight there's not going to be any food and I'm like, dude, the whole reason we're doing this is to, and, and I, when I wrote the proposal, I'm like, look, I will find a way not to get 
the same people to come back to mill number five who know you. Let me help find a way to get people who have never come through your door in and find ways to keep them. I ended up like, you know, running to, to, you know, BJ's spent like 300 bucks, bought all this food and water. And I said to my kids, I'm like, you know, they were like 11 and 14 at the time. I'm like, this is how much I spent. When you guys get off the stage, you guys run a concession stand, keep whatever you make after this. And, but there was also a fundraiser. So for this app. And so the fundraiser made like five, 600 bucks. My kids made a couple hundred bucks and it's like, and then my wife, who's friends with the people who um, have the art store next to you, the art gallery next to you. Um, yeah. The, she, my, they put my wife on Facebook because she was the first person to buy a cloud painting, like when that cloud exhibition started. She has the um, – they didn't – Jim forgot to tell you and them, oh, by the way, there's going to <laughs> yeah, be basically. Three- yeah, basically, he's like, yeah, you can do your fundraiser, but it, you'll do it on a night when nobody's there. Or we'll lock up the building. And if you want to get in, here's the key, because nobody else is going to be there. So it was almost like he was doing you a favor of letting you <laughs> put this and, thing on. And then because we're friends with the guy at the record store yeah. and, and, and pop culture and all these people. And my, my yeah. wife's friends with the people with the, um, the photo gallery. And they're like, dude, we had no idea this was going on. Oh, my God. Tonight. And, yeah. That's where the comedy show should be upstairs, you know, where where the lighting is going to be different, where you're not too relaxed. You know, the Luna is gorgeous and it's it is the best place in the world to watch Citizen Kane. Hands down, if you want to watch a retro movie, go to Luna and just enjoy. If you want to see a comedy show, do move it up. Plus, you can get more people up there. I think occupancy is 150 in that room. Does the elevator work every time it goes up that high like i don't know i don't know if that elevator can make that high of a trip all the time oh man i i've got so many stories about what you guys just talked about but i have one story in particular uh but yeah so it is right next to my studio but one story in particular you know there's a certain charm and a certain like level of courage that's required to own a business in Lowell, Massachusetts. Yes, agreed. Uh, and and uh, in 2022, my business got broken into three times. Uh, and the mill was broken into three times in one week, uh, wow. Christmas week. Good and for those, so, uh, those robbers to actually be able to find the building. Because, you know, <laughs> sometimes it's hard to like, when I go to the show, I'm like, you know, it's dark out. Like, do you want to? Can you put a light bulb outside, maybe, to like maybe show people uh, where to enter the building? But yeah, go, I'm sorry, go on. Yeah, it's, it, that's awful, though. Yeah, no, I, I used to, I used to have a joke uh, that I was writing about uh, owning a business inside of downtown Lowell, where like I, I couldn't tell if I was just hallucinating and I just wandered into an abandoned building, and you know, who knows, <laughs> asbestos, but um. So yeah, so during one of these break-ins, uh, so Dave Perry, who owns um, Vinyl Destination downstairs, the record shop, his uh, business got broken into in one of these, you know, incidences in December, and um, uh, my studio got broken into again. And um, he came upstairs, and the cops were like dusting for prints because the like guy left his weapons behind in the yoga studio. And um, so I'm sitting there on the floor uh, outside, you know, like next to all the broken glass. And I'm like, I can't believe this is happening again. I must really love this city to stay here. Right. And Dave's like, Dave comes up to me. He's like, because we've known each other since before the mill even opened. Like we were 
one of the first few like businesses that went in there. And uh, he's like, Jen, are you doing comedy? I'm like, Dave, right now the <laughs> detectives are trying to talk to me. He's like, Jen, I just, I, you're doing comedy. And I'm like, yeah. And he's like, did I see that you were doing shows with Steve Sweeney? And I was like, yeah, I like, I, you know, I've become friendly with him and he's been a lovely mentor and, um, you know, legend. and, uh, and I, and legend. Yeah, yeah absolute legend. legend. And, uh, yeah, I feel really lucky because he will like text me just like his nickname for me is motherfucker. So, okay. <laughs> so he just we we have a very funny friendship because he's also like really into meditation and breath work and so it's just funny. It's like this weird hybrid of like mindful assholery in the comedy world. But so so Dave Perry that owns the record shop is like asking me all these questions. I'm like, Dave, yeah, I'll like send you like the places that I'm performing and I'll let you know if I'm, you know, going to be with Sweeney one of these dates, blah, blah, blah. So I, um, Sweeney was just coming back from Vegas and I, it, it dawned on me after the, like, you know, the, the detectives left and I was like realizing, oh my God, this is the first time that Dave's been broken into, you know, and I, I'm a veteran now. And, um, I was like, you know what? I'm I'm gonna go on Cameo and see if Sweeney has a Cameo account. I'm like, you know, he he can he's like, he can't even text. You know what I mean? So I'm like, <laughs> uh, I doubt he has a Cameo. He has he has a Cameo, okay. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, okay, well, I'm not gonna give Cameo a cut of this because we're like close enough friends that I could just call him or text him and be like, hey, can you make one for me? Like, you must know how if you're on Cameo. Um, but I was like, can you like make something for my friend, Dave? He's a huge fan of yours. And, and I think it would really lift his spirits if you were like, Hey, sorry that you got broken into, you know, yada, yada. And, uh, so Sweeney, uh, he's so funny. He's like, ah, oh, yeah, my, my phone's malfunctioning. I'm like, okay. And then he sends another text and he's like, yeah, my video is not working. And I was like, okay. And he's like, you know what? Just give me his phone number. So he calls Dave, right? Oh. And I'm like, and I text Dave and I'm like, Dave, and this is like the next day after like we got broken into. And I was like, Dave, I've got an emergency, you know, cause he doesn't think it has anything to do with comedy. I'm like, I, I need you to answer the phone. It's going to be coming from a number that you don't know. And then like an hour later, I just get this message from him that he's like, you're incredible. I can't believe that Steve Sweeney just called me and talked my ear off about van morrison and like you like made my day so it was just so cool to like see that intersection of worlds and like i don't know no, that's yeah. a, that, 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 that small world uh, that is wonderful for you to do i mean literally uh, I, I i gotta <laughs> ask um look i've broken into so many places joe joe and joe and i dabble on crime <laughs> on the side um what what are we stealing at a yoga studio? Crossed my than, mind the first thing. I was like, first of all, he left his weapons in the yoga studio, which is the most ironic juxtaposition that, that, of all now, time. I, I will say, I will say over the pandemic, we had a hell of a time at one point. You could not find mats. Like like my wife and I and, and, and our 15-year-old like has this thing called EDS and, and, and the rheumatologist is like, oh, try you know yoga. Um, 
and, and we signed up for this thing online. Couldn't find yoga mats. So maybe, maybe, I mean, are yoga mats still in that much? Are they stealing karma? What What do you get? Because I'm guessing you don't have a big cash register. I'm guessing all your transactions are Venmo or or monthly dues or something like that. Mm-hmm. What the hell yeah. did they think they were going to get? And what did they get? Total enlightenment. Uh, well, I mean, it was really. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. Which is it nice. It was crazy. Like, uh, I, I, I personally, I'm honored that people think we make enough money that you could actually steal any from us. <laughs> yes. Yeah. We're talking about yoga here, you guys. Yeah. You know? Um, oh, we thought this was yogurt. I'm know. sorry. <laughs> we thought this had more yeah, of a. I- but yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, I mean, like, not, we had a really small cash drawer, you know, I mean, it's super sad because we give away probably more than we should. And uh, it's, you know, we donate to all the like local community organizations, like all these things. And so it's, it's ironic, you know, that somebody was struggling so bad that they broke into a yoga studio, like, no. Yeah, they just got a little bit of cash, coins, you know. When when I was out in L.A. ten years before I met my current victim, my current wife, and when she moved out, we lived right <laughs> we lived right in Venice, and a work friend came over or was running to the house to pick something up, and he's like, "Oh, let me have your keys." I'm like, "Oh no, just go in," and they were they were stunned. Like, wait a minute, you like the the face that Joe's making, and I'm like, "Dude, two things: a." I don't fucking own anything like like literally, you know, we, we have and, and you don't know this when you're outside, but we had a pit bull that was the sweetest could lick you to death um, at the drop of a hat. But he was a barker. So it's like most of people are going to be scared off of that. Secondly, and I've said this to so many people like, you, you know, we had Joe and I just moved a, a, an old TV uh, to his game room the other day that was 150 pounds. We had one of those 150 pound big TVs. Good luck getting it out of there. And it was a piece of shit anyways. And I and I and I used to tell my wife that it's like the cost of replacing a door and a door frame that gets kicked in is so much more money than anything we have in this apartment because we were very bohemian like we 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 traveled a lot we didn't you know we we weren't ever home and all our furniture was secondhand you know it was beach furniture and stuff like that and even now we you know we live on the outskirts of lowell my my wife sometimes like you lock the door i'm like no i've never locked the door we got a ring alarm we got right now we got 10 dogs at the house it's like and, and and if you want to come in and take something, it's like that would help me because, you know, there's so much clutter here. It, it, you know, uh, you know, we would call the cops and the cops would come over. It's like, oh, they ransacked this place. It's like, no, no, that's just how we live. So so at a yoga studio, uh, as soon as you said that, I'm like, but I know like because Jim had told me. You know, uh, he had three overdoses in one year in the bathrooms downstairs, and that's why he put those locks on, those coded locks. And it's yeah. it's it's such a tough thing. You're like, look, that's the fabric of the neighborhood, you know. And it's you know, you, you want things to get better without them being gentrified. But you know, with the courthouse there and the new parking lot, maybe a couple like Joe said, maybe a couple more street lights. You know, it will it won't be as bad. But yeah, right where you are, it's it's it is. It, there's going to be those things, but 
uh, you know, how do they even get upstairs? Because does the elevator work? <laughs> the elevator barely works on a Saturday morning when, when they're having a, a, a bazaar. You know, how did they get up to the fifth floor after hours? Excuse me. After, after hours. How did they get up to the fifth floor? I mean, I, I've been petitioning for a climbing school to uh, join the mill so we can just get into harnesses and crawl up the outside of the building. Just put a rock faster. wall outside the window, you know, just make it anything, anything to make it easier. So getting back uh, to comedy. So yeah. where are you now and where do you think you're, do you have a six, one year, five year plan? I mean, is this a glorified hobby? Is this a career path? Is this something <laughs> to fill in the, you know, the time in between, you know, other adventures, where does comedy, you know, rank or, or fit into your world and where are you going with this? Yeah. Um, Not to sound well, like your mom. Why no. are you doing no. this? Yeah. What's the matter with you? <laughs> you know, why don't you get married and just have some children, for God's sakes? Why don't you wow. get a real business that people can break into? You know? <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. I know. I know. I like I feel like I've, I'm always choosing like the hardest possible path. <laughs> like I I had no intention of opening a yoga studio. You know what I mean? Uh, and I didn't even know that I was going to like teaching yoga. And when, you know, the opportunity came up to open, um, I was like, well, if, if this sucks and the business, you know, fails, I'll just go back to entertainment. Right. That was always my, I'll just go back to entertainment if, if this fails miserably. And then COVID happened and I was like, well, there's no entertainment to return <laughs> to. So, um, you know, I feel like personally, and I think for a lot of comics, like I think that people are trying to integrate comedy all the time in their lives because they see what an effect it can have on others, you know, making other people like forget their struggles for like even a millisecond. If you can get them to laugh at a poop joke, like you've improved somebody's life oh, yeah. for like for like five seconds, you know. And like this is sort of like a weird hippie response, but like I just feel like people are struggling, you know, and suffering. And with my recent foray into comedy, like I've met a lot of comics that you know have asked me about like you know, mechanisms that can help them, you know, get happier, uh, you know, personally, because I think a lot of us struggle with like depression and anxiety and we're sensitive people, like I said earlier. Um, and so I hope that, you know, if, if I keep, you know, taking the advice of my elders, even though I'm older than some of them, <laughs> elders in comedy, veterans in comedy, um, that, you know, I'll, I'll continue to get opportunities to share the stage, you know, with amazing people like you guys. And um, I, I hope that it can turn into something, you know, cause I am, I'm, I'm booking out a lot now at this point and I, I feel really lucky to be doing that. And I, I just want to keep, I want to keep getting better at it so that I can, continue to help people feel better. Cause like with yoga, there's a certain cap to that, you know, myself, I never would have admitted to my friends that worked in rock and roll that I was doing yoga. Like for years, I was a closeted yogi. Like I was like, I'm not into this hippie <laughs> shit. Like I don't want to do that. Like I don't, that's for the weirdos. And, and, but 
you know, I know that a lot of people are afraid of those practices and they might also not have mobility or, you know, they might not have access, but, you know, some people can afford like 10 bucks on a Saturday night to go and laugh for a bit. And if I can help people feel better, I want to do that. And I, I've spent a lot of time in this now and I, I just want to keep doing that. And so I'm really hopeful that, you know, I can continue to make people laugh and then hopefully get rebooked. And uh, I just, I don't know, for me personally, this last year has been so hard. Like I lost my mom and my brother this last year. My business got broken into three times. Uh, Thank you. And uh, so I'm just like, you know what? Like life is too short to be worrying how much of an idiot I'm going to look like. I just, (laughs) I'm going to look like an idiot and I'm going to make people laugh. And then our time is going to be up. And like, we might as well just try and make each other feel joy for like a millisecond, you know, for the blip of time that we're on planet Earth. So that's the motto of our podcast. We we don't care that we look like idiots. We we just, we want to make, you know, how about this? I, I think that maybe there should be some sort of like, confluence between like the comedy world and and the tragedy that's happening at mill number five maybe we can do a comedy show with the guys who break into the comedy <laughs> like you know like heal a those roast. people yeah yeah exactly like invite them like yeah a big invitation Let everybody who broke into mill number five just come down for one night and you know feel a little bit better maybe that'll set them on the right path uh yeah no it, maybe you know, we can get up Let's get Jacques to go to Worcester and round up all those nice gentlemen oh, in, that, in Worcester, oh and they can come. Bring some tiki torches, and you know, yeah. you know maybe you know, I, I, <laughs> I've march. From- I've recently seen a couple of those guys at at, uh, at the better ones. Like like if there's if there's a group of like look, there's an open mic at Ralph's on Tuesday night, run by this guy Sean O'Connell. O'Connelly, Connolly, uh, Irish McIrishan. Uh, that's great. And that that's a really well run mic. Um, generally speaking, I, I think you know he's a respected guy. It's a respected place. I, I think that's okay. But yeah, the other uh, the, the other awful ones, like I said, there's maybe out of those twenty guys, there's two or three who are decent human beings and really funny. And I've recently seen them in Boston and stuff like that. So good on them. But enough of that. Where are where can people follow you on social media? Uh, what what shows do you have coming up? So this will drop on Monday. So what do you have like the next few weeks, the next month booked? And where can people follow you on the socials? Yeah, well, you know, actually, I have a question for you guys about that because it's it's something that has been really kind of like curious for me about other comics, like. I don't know about like merging my lives of like comic DJ yoga teacher, you know, for because to some people I'm like a spiritual mentor to them, which sounds super fucking arrogant. And there's just, you know, I have conversations with people about life and then, and then they're like, but wait, like last night was a weird like confluence of that of like people showing up and being like, that's my yoga teacher talking about farts and telling people <laughs> to shut the fuck up, you know? Yeah, it's like seeing your your but, high school, you know, history uh, teacher. There in was, like- Joe, there was a big moment. There was, because there was a big moment last night where one comic, mid-20s, late-20s, recognized her high school English teacher was there, and everybody ended up stopping and giving a big round of applause. And because there's so many Lowell born and raised there, there was at least a dozen 
you know, dozen, 10 people who had that woman as an English teacher like five to 10 years ago. So it was yeah. a, it was interesting. Yeah. So, Jacques, maybe you can answer Jen's question. How do you separate your personal, you know, professional life from your outward, <laughs> you know, your your co your comedy persona? Like, how do you keep how do you keep the two distinct? You know, well, it's it's funny you asked, Joe. Uh, no, I don't like I, I have. Um, it's it's all one big thing for me. You know, I I I'm this old fuck who still records with his band, and his band being him and one other guy since 1989, and we have a song dropping next week, all about our favorite person in the world, Tucker Carlson. Um, and by favorite person in the world, I mean maybe yeah yeah it, it was kind of it's kind of it's kind of tough because it's it's anyways, uh yeah no biggest piece of shit on human planet. Um, but 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 you know it's like I've done shows where it's like in between sets like done it and and i i know i just put it all out there it's like this is what this is who i am and now it's at the point where my son is 15 um and three times four times over like the last month he's come and done open mics with me so even my parenting you know has you know and it's great because my wife my wife and joe are two of the funniest people like i know completely different sides of like you know the thought process on funny and if if they both like something or both hate something you know so uh it, it is it's just part of you know who and what i am it's like you know i i can't i can't pull off the bruce wayne batman thing you know what i mean Jen, I, do you have a social media like do you have a like a, a social account set up or do you have like a thing where you post you know funny musings or where you're where you're going to be yeah i um yes i do so i all of mine is into what an entity um, on Instagram. I'm Jenny Millions, J-E-N-N-I Millions, all one word. Uh, and yeah, so it's it's all of me. It's, you know, I, I, I haven't necessarily been a traditional yoga teacher. I play music that's not traditionally played during yoga and I make jokes and, you know, I post weird memes occasionally. Uh, so, but yeah, all of my comedy and yoga information is there, um, Jenny Millions. And then I have like a crappy TikTok under the same name. Like I don't, I have like four posts maybe on TikTok. I don't really know how to use TikTok. So um, yeah. You, you, and, you talk, know, talking like to us day. all TikTok is crappy. You know, yeah, it doesn't really, yeah. it doesn't, I can't yeah. tell the difference. It's all, you know. And, and, and then if you put some great thing on TikTok, is it part, does, does the Chinese government then intellectually own it? And they can, they can, no, I, I think it's great. Look, if, if I was a yoga guy, I would love if my yoga teacher was funny and I would love if my, you know, comedians <laughs> were well-rounded people. Uh, no, it, I think it's fantastic. Um, like I said, you know, we met a couple months ago at the same, you know, working the same thing for Greg Bogus, and it was fantastic. It was great to talk to you. I've seen you around the mill because we were there all the time for, you know, I cannot tell you how much art and jewelry my wife has bought there in the last couple. I, I'm dead serious. Uh, on Black and how Friday, much I've stolen. I and mean, how much I've... Joe stole. <laughs> did, you, did you get your tools back? Because I know last time, Joe, that you left some of the tools there. Uh, no, it's like I, I was um, – you know, you t your record company friend put me on Facebook because I was the first one in the store on Black Friday to buy 
Uh, the wife was, I forget where the hell she She was in Chicago for work on Black Friday, but Duran Duran released a very limited, and, and Dave had one copy of it coming in. So I, I bought that. So we're at Mill all the time. I've seen you around. Um, it, it's been great seeing you a couple times. Uh, last night, you were absolutely funny as hell. Uh, I think that Katie put on a fantastic show, and it was great seeing some of my favorite comics. I mean, the, 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 the laugh-to-dick-joke ratio was about a third of what it normally is you know because at these prop boy things it's like everybody has to let you know how fantastic the dick is it's like dude you're white it's not let's you know you know <laughs> let's 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 be honest you know um which which is what stand-up comedy is all about um but no i i want to see more shows i want katie to put on more shows um and i would like to come see you at more shows that katie puts on with 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 Sextina and maybe at a place where there's a spotlight and two and and two speakers and less you know talky loud assholes uh at the bar ordering food because your, your comedy yeah. needs to be heard so so no you're, you're fantastic and i i am i'm excited to see over like the next six months or year like you know if you have to face the dilemma of like somebody wants me to open for them on a road or yeah. you know cruise ships want me to go out once a month and stuff like that <laughs> you know that'd be a good dilemma uh, to have yeah i mean i would love that i i feel I feel so grateful to, you know, Greg and the other bookers that like have been giving me, you know, these opportunities to open for some amazing people. Like tonight, um, I'm opening um, for, who am I opening for? I'm opening for Harrison Stebbins. He was actually the first show that I got like a tiny guest spot on uh, about a year ago. So it's really cool to, um, to be back with him, Jody Sloan and Dave Decker. Um, but next, um, I'm doing some gigs in up in Peabody. I don't know if you've been to the F355 lounge with Flay Hive. Uh, like I, he does wicked funny in North Andover at China Blossom. Okay. Yep. I, I, I I've seen, I've seen this there. stuff. Yeah. I, yeah, no, I have not gone, yeah. but I uh, but I have seen all this stuff on Instagram from them. So I try to follow all those, you know, guys. And like you said, you've already mentioned some of my favorite people, like Steve Bork and stuff like that. I, the, the next time you use you, you you know you're performing with Steve, I will definitely go because I, I like to see two people I really know at once, you know, because I very rarely can get out. So it's uh, it's great when I can see as many. Like that's why last night was great. I I normally. You know, Fridays and Saturdays are the two days that I, I generally don't do stuff because, you know, like you said, the whole Mary thing. But uh, but there was just so many comics that I really liked that Katie had on that bill last night that I was like, yes. I And plus it was Lowell. So it's like I could drive the 10 yeah. minutes away and, and, and pay my 15 bucks to see like four or five people that I really like seeing perform so so that that's why last night was really great you were awesome um we will let you go do whatever it is a a a person with several businesses and uh and, and careers you know um growing exponentially on a saturday and uh and joe you got any any last thoughts oh uh yeah. what do i have a thought i don't know <laughs> uh no it was nice meeting you janet it was great talking to you and um i wish you the best of uh luck in the the the, the next you know uh, coming months and years of comedy i'm sure it's only going to get better because <laughs> um if things can only get better, it can right? only get better yeah it can only get better do you, oh, by the way do you meditate before you go up 
like do you, like yeah. do you have like a ritual where you kind of you know clear your head and 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 kind of center yourself before you go up or is it just uh you know yeah yeah definitely i do and um you know i i picked this up from another comic um that you know was really like very um encouraging and he said you know he's like you got to use your yoga tools and you just got to remember that like you've got some funny stuff in your head and you're sharing it with a room full of your friends even if sometimes they're drunk and assholes and they talk too much like you gotta view them like your friends and i was like oh my god this is just like yoga so i do the same process when i teach of just trying to like stay present no that's i i, I have a mantra as so i'm going up i i tell myself everybody here is beneath you and they're stupid and they're lucky that you even <laughs> fucking would look in their direction because these pieces of shit don't deserve half of what you're about to give them these Fuck no. um, and, 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 and and then I and then I and then the other ninety percent of my brain says, "Shut up, moron! You should kill yourself now." Um, and then I cry a little. That's the hockey, like you need some you. the hockey player in you. It sounds like you need some yoga and meditation in your life, brother. I mean, it's something something to break up all the voices. Uh, yeah, I don't need to drink to have a good time. I need to drink to silence the voices in my head. Uh, Jenny, thank you so much for jumping on. We will. Joe and I will, will, will come and see you as much as we can over the next year. And you are awesome. Thank you guys so much. It was so awesome to be on this. I'm, I'm honored. Thank you. And now before we let you go, what I would love, because what we normally do when we have a comedian on after the show intro and the last thing, if you could send me like a 30 second clip, like an MP3 of, uh, of something, you know, one of your jokes, I like to come in on one of your jokes and go out on one of your jokes if I can. Um, if you, if you, if, yeah. if you, if you can, you know, if you get a chance to, you know, send something, it can be absolutely any joke that you like that we can come in and out of. Um, it will post on Monday. I will send you the link. Uh, you were fantastic. This was great. Thank you so much for sharing with us and making time with us. Um, that's one of the, one of the best parts about getting back into comedy the last few months is as much as it's awful i've met some great people um i absolutely love talking comedy like all the podcasts i listen to are some dinosaur legendary comics and you know as saturday night live people and everybody in between and uh you know i too i very very lucky i have two mentors out in los angeles one who runs a comedy store on friday nights and another guy dante the comic who I think he manages like 300 comics and, you know, he's been doing it for 30 wow. years. Yeah. No, if you look him up, he's like, uh, I think whenever like last comic standing, like season one or two, he was like second runner up, but he's been doing comedy for 30 years. And just the advice I get, um, Sally was on my podcast, our podcast about a year ago. I was just on her podcast. She's interesting. She is a 30 year touring comic and a 30 year um, fetish porn actress. And, Wow. She has, yeah, she has a special on Amazon, you know, on Amazon Prime. She's absolutely great. Uh, but it is like just talking to people like them, talking to you, talking, you know, uh, we had um, Jim Colton on. I don't know if you know Jim, but um, he's another Boston comic who's been doing it for 30 years. I really, for every 50 shitheads I have to see at the safe, you know, you know, 
get up there. And, and you look if you if you want to kill at the safe, go go to open mic at the safe on on Tuesday. That's where I met met Katie, and just go up there and say, "Oh my God, I'm too high to remember what I was going to say, but I got so high I shit myself at work," and you are gonna that room is gonna lose it. You're gonna own that room, and then you go home and you're like, "Really? I sold that? Like, like you know what I mean? It, it, it's like it's uh-huh. like you know what." You know, Sean Hannity did bring up a good point tonight. You know what I mean? You, you feel you feel just as dirty, like you know what I mean? Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, if you sell out, uh, I, but- I'm gonna have to get back there because I, you know, I was going when it started that Tuesday night at the safe, and it's been a little while just because of everything. I've been traveling a lot, and my brother passing away it was yeah, crazy. Sorry for your loss. I, uh, oh well, thank you. I uh, it's it's uh in a weird way it's like helping me uh i think that's you know part of the whole process but um ren's trying to move it someplace else he's gonna try to move the safe uh it's it's an okay venue Uh, and the same thing like concept six the guys there are sweethearts the guy scott i think runs the open mic but it's not a great open mic place it's just not conducive for funny you know no Uh, it's set up really weird you know, you know, actually, the and my son's going to go next week, a, bu- a couple of you lol kids, because I told Jim this a year ago. I'm like, dude, coffee and cotton, you know, have a have a weekly show, a biweekly show. And now they have a monthly show. That's actually pretty good. Right downstairs. It's the last Thursday of the month. And I think it's good because uh, it's well lit and you get a lot of college kids. So it's not all just punching down, you know, uh, 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 you know, the, 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 these 25 year old kids trying to be the new Andrew Dice Clay, you know, type thing. So, but, uh, oh my but, God, if, if you guys ever do a show where you want like random stories of the shit conversations I've had at these open mics please count me in oh 100 no well, like 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 i will have you back on because like i said i mean it's like it, i i do i like talking the whole process and even the shitty there's so many shitty experiences at these open mics and i sit there and think this is going to be a great story this is going to wind up in something else like like it's worth sitting through because like every three or four comics will have a line that i'll come home with and i'll be like Oh my God. Like the comic had a line the other night that I called Joe on the way home. I'm like, Oh, this one guy had this line and we had a great laugh over it, you know? And, and then I think all the shitty stuff, I'm like, this will wind up in a script. This will wind up in a set. It will all be worth having gone through this, but I will let you get on with your Saturday. Uh, thank you so very much again. This was awesome. Thank you. Jen. Thank you. Thank you guys so much. It was so great to chat with you.